Back Blue Shirts fans to episode number 165 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. That song you are hearing right now is Friends, the newest song from our good friends in Pacifier. They've been really cool enough to let us use a couple of their different tunes as the intro music for this podcast throughout the season. We thank them once again for that. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the last Ranger practice that occurred earlier today, Friday, before the team basically packs its bags and heads to Toronto for the Stanley Cup playoff tournament. We're also going to have an update on the exhibition game against the Islanders and exactly how that's going to work. There's an interesting uh, tweak to the rules as far as how many players are allowed to be active for that game. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then we got something fun for you guys at the end of the episode. Basically, me trying to recruit new Ranger fans. And I'm not going to give anything more away right now, but uh, you'll have that to look forward to at the very end of today's episode. But as promised, let's dive right into today's practice. Once again, the last full team scrimmage that the Rangers conducted before they head to Toronto. And for anyone keeping track at home, this was day 10 of training camp 2.0 or practice 2.0 or whatever you want to call it whatever name you can come up with. And the scrimmage teams were as follows. We'll start with Team Blue or Team Hank, whichever you prefer there. But you had a top line of Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Pavel Buchnevich. No surprises there. You've also got Greg McKaig centering Brett Howden and Julian Gauthier. That sounds like it's going to be the fourth line for games one and two against the Hurricanes. I would have to imagine that that will be the fourth line and that they'll probably get the least amount of playing time. But we'll see what happens there when Brandon Lemieux is back from his suspension for game three. Maybe Lemieux jumps onto that line and somebody there becomes a healthy scratch. Or maybe he takes Philip DiGiuseppe's spot on the third line on the left wing there. Uh, Only time will tell. And, you know, we've been trying to figure out who would be the odd man out when, when... Brandon Lemieux returns from his suspension. I still get the feeling it's probably going to be Greg McKaig, but a case can also be made perhaps for Philip DiGiuseppe, maybe even for Brett Howden, maybe for Julian Gauthier, although to me it looks like it's probably going to be Greg McKaig uh, who would sit out if and when, well, when Brandon Lemieux comes back to the lineup. And then for the third and final line of Team Blue slash Team Hank, you had Danny O'Regan centering Brennan Lemieux and Vitali Krasov. No one here seems all that likely to be active when the puck drops for the playoffs, although I suppose you never know. By all accounts, this was Vitali Krasov's best practice of the 10 that the Rangers have conducted since, you know, returning, uh, getting back into the swing of things here. He, apparently, he looked good today. I saw there was a video of him uh, dishing out a check, so we'll see what happens there. But as for the defense pairings on Team Blue slash Team Hank, you had Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox. Again, no surprises there. Mark Stahl and Tony D'Angelo, they've been together for most of the season, certainly the second half of the season, so no surprises there either. And then Keandre Miller also mixing in as kind of the fifth defenseman for Team Blue slash Team Hank. And then obviously, Henrik Lundqvist in net. He played most of the game, and again, these, these scrimmages in practice are only two periods long, but Henrik Lundqvist, I wouldn't say split time with Alex Georgiev in one net because, again, Henrik Lundqvist played the entire first period and most of the second period, it sounds like, and then Alex Georgiev came in at the end there. But then shifting our attention to Team White slash Team Igor, again, whichever you prefer, you've got the top line, Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin, Jesper Foss. No surprises there. You've got Philip Hedl centering Philip DiGiuseppe and Capo Caco, which seems in all likelihood will be the third line when the playoffs start. And then the third line for this team was Stephen Fogarty centering Tim Gettinger and Vinny Letary. I think all three of those guys probably long shots to dress for game one of the playoffs or really any game in the playoffs. I can't imagine those guys would see the starting lineup unless, you know, sickness 
befalls the Rangers or unless there's some injuries or guys just aren't getting the job done. But knock on wood that none of those things happen. And then as far as the defense pairings for Team White slash Team Igor, you've got Brendan Smith with Jacob Truba. Again, obviously a familiar pairing there. And then you also had Liber Hayek with Darren Radish. And we've talked about how Hayek could end up being sort of the seventh defenseman for the Rangers when the playoffs start. And he'd be the guy to jump in there into the starting lineup, dress on game nights if anybody else falters, gets sick, gets injured injured, any of those things, it sounds like Liber Hayek might be the next man up. But this could also be an indicator that Darren Radish would be the quote-unquote eighth defenseman. And, you know, hopefully we don't see Radish in the playoffs. And it's nothing against him, but if we do see Radish, it's probably an indicator that a couple of guys ahead of him either have gotten injured or sick, and we obviously don't want that. Maybe they're not playing all that well. I don't think Radish is all that likely to make his NHL debut in the playoffs. He's 24 years old, and he was acquired by the Rangers last season in a trade with the Chicago Blackhawks that saw the Rangers send Peter Holland to Chicago. So a little bit of a long-term project there for the Rangers, it sounds like, and I would not expect to see him in this series, nor would I expect to see Brandon Crawley, who was also mixing in as the fifth defenseman on Team Igor. And especially since this was the last scrimmage before the Rangers head north to Toronto, I figure it might be nice to give you guys a little bit of a summary of everything that happened during this scrimmage. And Brennan Lemieux, he scored a goal to give the Rangers a one to nothing lead, or yeah, give the Rangers a one to nothing lead. He gave Team Blue slash Team Hank a one to nothing lead, and then Brett Howden also scored a goal for Team Hank in the first period, so they took a two to nothing lead into the intermission. And then, according to a tweet from our friend Vince Mercagliano, there was a lengthy conversation between periods that involved Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, and Pavel Buchnevich. And on their very first shift of the second period, which is the last period because they only played two periods in the scrimmage. But on their very first shift, they set up Kreider with a beautiful one-timer goal to give Team Hank a 3-0 lead. As we said in the second period, the same two goalies remained in net on each side of the rink. You had Igor on one side and you had Henrik Lundqvist on the other. And then Vinny Letary got a penalty shot for Team Igor and he beat Henrik Lundqvist. That made the score 3-1 to one in favor of Team Lundqvist. And Letary really showed off some nifty moves on the video that I saw on Twitter. He basically went in up the left wing and kind of skated across the crease. And his shot, it was from far away. It's kind of hard to tell, but it looked like his shot caught a piece of the post and just went in and that cut Team Henrik's lead to 3-1 to one at that point. That was also the moment that Henrik Lundqvist exited the game and was replaced by Alex Georgiev. Alex Georgiev, it sounds like he also played very well. Uh, again, limited amount of minutes for Georgiev, but it sounds like he made a couple of nice saves, made the most of the time that he was allotted. Then a little bit later in the second and final period, Greg McKaig was awarded a penalty shot, and Igor Shesterkin stayed with him all the way, made the save. It looked like he got a piece of it with his glove. Uh, McKaig, I gotta say, you know, for a fourth liner and somebody who doesn't really take a lot of penalty shots, he showed off some pretty impressive moves there. But uh, Igor, like I said, stayed with him all the way, won the battle, got a piece of it with his glove, and deflected it away from the net. And then in the waning minutes, Julian Gauthier scores an empty net goal, and Team Hank slash Team Georgie gets the win, final score of 4-1. to one. And then a couple of quotes from David Quinn after the practice here. I just thought there was definitely more physicality to the scrimmage. I liked our intentions, little things like face-offs and hold-ups and line changes, things like that. I thought there was definitely more purpose and more of a game-like feel. And then he was also asked about Keandre Miller. As we all know, Keandre Miller not eligible to compete in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Rangers this season, but obviously getting some great experience with this team. And this is what Quinn had to say on Miller. He's really gotten more comfortable. I could see the nerves early on, but I think he's really kind of acclimated himself and played with an awful lot of confidence and kept things simple. 
So that's obviously good to hear as well. And Ke'Andre Miller, he's not all that far away from being on the Rangers. I don't want to say permanently, but he's going to, when he gets his chance, he's going to get some run. I don't think the Rangers next season are going to call him up at any point and then send him down after two or three games, unless he just completely face plants and they get the feeling that they just need to give him a little bit more seasoning at the AHL. Once Miller gets the call, which I do think will happen sometime next season, not so sure that it will happen on opening night, but sooner or later, he, I think, will force his way onto the Rangers, as we've seen some other guys do, Ryan Lindgren and Igor Shesterkin among them. And once he gets that chance, he's going to be given some rope because the Rangers have big plans for Ke'Andre Miller, and he is, uh, you know, showing well so far in these practices with the team. Something else I wanted to talk about real quick as it pertains to this Ranger practice, and it's something that David Quinn talked about. I read a couple quotes from him uh, just before the break there. And it sounds like this was one of the most physical practices that we've seen from the Rangers since they've been back on the ice preparing for this Stanley Cup tournament. And, you know, all practices, they're going to be physical to an extent. It is hockey. I mean, this is not ballet. But, you know, there were a couple instances where there were some decent hits today. I'll just give you a couple of them right here. There were videos of a few of these. Uh, Mark Stahl apparently put a pretty good hit on Capo Caco, and that's fine and everything. Again, it's practice, and they got to get themselves ready for these games. Uh, there's obviously going to be hitting when the playoffs start, not to mention that exhibition game against the Islanders. It's obviously a rivalry game, and yeah, it's an exhibition, but it's also Rangers-Islanders, and both teams are trying to get geared up for the playoffs. So there's going to be physicality forthcoming, and that's great to hear that Stahl did that. I just hope that that is also indicative that he's going to continue to do that when these playoffs start because he was one of my X-Factors when we did an episode a while back, six of the Ranger X-Factors for this series coming up because Stahl at this point, he is what he is. He's a third-line defenseman, and you he's somebody that you hope gives you a little bit of leadership. He is, after all, an alternate captain, and one of the elder statesmen in the room, the only Ranger who's been there longer than Mark Stahl is Henrik Lundqvist, and you just hope that he kind of steps up as a leader and maybe gives us a little bit more than we would have expected from Mark Stahl at this point in his career. So nice to hear that he's playing physical, you know, putting a hit on Kako there. It sounds like Jacob Truba, you know, he's going to be physical. He had a pretty solid hit on Vitali Kravtsov, and then Kravtsov himself dealt out a pretty big check a little bit later in the practice. And then another pretty solid hit that was dealt out from Ke'Andre Miller to Ryan Strom. That was behind the Ranger net. He kind of just checked him into the boards there. Wasn't like a devastating, bone-rattling hit, but, you know, a solid check there, and nice to see Ke'Andre Miller uh, asserting himself in the practice a little bit. And again, you kind of have to do this. I mean, you don't want these guys to go out there and just take runs at each other and just go full speed uh, knocking each other to the ice, giving each other concussions, but you've got to ramp up the physicality and you've got to get yourself ready for these Stanley Cup playoff games. These teams aren't going to take it easy on each other in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Anybody who's ever watched a Stanley Cup playoff game is well aware of that, so you got to simulate a little bit of that physicality, a little bit of that violence in your practices. Again, you don't want guys out there injuring each other on the Rangers, but there's got to be some good physical contact, and it's probably no accident that this practice, the one right before the team has a Toronto, turns out to be the most physical because they're looking to really ramp it up here. They are, you know, today's Friday, and the Rangers are just five days away, yes, five days away from competing against the Islanders in that exhibition game. And like I said, you know that's going to be a physical game. It's a rivalry game. Both teams trying to do everything they can to get ready for the playoffs. The other interesting bit of news here is that there is word from the NHL that teams will be permitted to dress up to 13 forwards and 7 defensemen for the exhibition game. Again, all the 24 uh, Stanley Cup playoff teams this year will play one exhibition game before the tournament begins, and 
we got to look at this from the Rangers' perspective. Who might be the extra forward? Who might be the extra defenseman? Uh, for starters, just in case anyone's wondering, Brandon Lemieux is eligible to play in the exhibition game against the Islanders, so I fully expect that he absolutely will dress for that game. As we said, he is suspended for games one and two against the Hurricanes, and you don't want him to come back just totally ice cold for game three, having not really uh, competed in a hockey game. So I might even expect Lemieux to get a couple of extra minutes in that exhibition game. It's kind of a tough call because then you're taking minutes away from people who are going to be out there for games one and two. But at the same time, you got to get this guy ready because, again, he's not going to be there for game one. He's not going to be there for game two. So he's going to be a little bit behind the eight ball when he comes back as far as, you know, just finding your legs and getting used to playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs again. But I would imagine Brian Lemieux going to be a very visible player out there against the Islanders. It's Rangers-Islanders. It's always going to get a little bit chippy. And Lemieux's probably, you know, frankly pissed off that he's not going to get to play in these playoff games. So, I mean, he doesn't need a reason to begin with, but you give him a reason to play with, you know, a little bit of an edge, a little bit of a snarl, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, he's going to take it. And so I'd imagine he's going to be out there probably mixing it up with uh, the Islanders uh, when that game happens. But certainly, yeah, Lemieux going to be dressed for that game. And beyond that, I would imagine it's going to be the same guys that we project to be out there for games one and game two. Again, the guys who little bit on the bubble as far as dressing on game night or not for the playoffs. I mean, to me, it's Lemieux. Well, Lemieux, just because he's suspended. Once Lemieux comes back, I'm sure his spot in the lineup is secure. The only way Lemieux doesn't get back into the lineup is if the team is just absolutely firing on all cylinders and everybody is just playing fantastic hockey. And even if that's the case, I get the feeling they'd still find a way to get Lemieux back into the lineup once his suspension is over. But then you've got guys like Philip DiGiuseppe, Greg McKaig, Brett Howden, Julian Gauthier, any one of those four could be the odd man out when Lemieux comes back. I think Gauthier and Howden probably safe. It would probably come down to McKaig or DiGiuseppe. But for this game against the Islanders, when there's 13 forwards active, I would imagine it's going to be the 12 that are going to be out there for games one and two, plus Brian Lemieux, who will obviously be suspended. I suppose if you want to, you could toss a Vitali Kravtsov into that game. You could toss a Vinny Letary into that game, but... Like I've been saying all along, let's not reinvent the wheel here. Let's just stick with what's been working. All these guys have been playing well down the stretch. The Rangers were on fire before the season was paused, and there's no reason not to roll into the playoffs with the same group of guys that got you there. So, yeah, that's the long and short of it is you got the 12 guys that are going to be active on game night, plus Brandon Lemieux, who will be suspended four games one and two. I expect those to be the 13 forwards for the Rangers in the exhibition game against the Islanders. As for the defensemen, like we just said, the Rangers and every other team in hockey in the exhibition game will be permitted to dress seven defensemen. It's got to be Liber Hayek, doesn't it? I mean, I can't really imagine the Rangers would go in any other kind of direction. Uh, David Quinn has kind of talked up Liber Hayek, mentioning that it's not out of the realm of possibility that Hayek could actually be dressed for one of these playoff games. And again, you know, we've kind of gone through that a little bit. We know that the Ranger top four defensemen are safe. Is it possible that Liber Hayek eventually subs in for a Brennan Smith or a Mark Stahl? Yes, it's possible. But to me, uh, Stahl and Smith, you know, it's their job to lose. They've been active on game night every night down the stretch. And again, you know, everybody has really played their role in this second half surge that the Rangers have had, getting them back into playoff contention before we even knew there was going to be a 2014 playoff tournament. So, yeah, to me, uh, Hayek, probably doesn't dress for one of the playoff games unless there's an injury or unless somebody just plays really bad hockey and a 
change is just necessary at that point. But yeah, for this game, for the exhibition game, uh, no reason not to put him out there. It sounds like uh, Hayek is going to be the next man up. Quinn has given us every indication that that is indeed the case, that if anybody falters, if anybody gets hurt on the blue line, Liber Hayek probably the most likely to get back there on the ice. So to me, kind of a no-brainer. He's the seventh defenseman for the exhibition game against the Islanders. I also wanted to call just a little bit of attention to Carolina's goalie situation. Obviously, we've been talking a ton about the Rangers and who they're probably going to go with and what their options might be. Really, it's been a season-long storyline, and obviously it's something that we need to talk about quite a bit on here. It's very important, but it's also interesting to note that Carolina has not decided who will get the net in Game 1 against the Rangers either, and or if it has been decided, it has not been made public, so that might be the case, but Peter Mrazek and James Reamer are seemingly the only two options with Carolina. Mrazek actually missed six games at the end of the season with a concussion, but then he returned for the final game before the season was paused. He made 25 saves in a 5-2 win against the Detroit Red Wings in that game. He was 21-16-2 this season overall with a 269 goals against average and a 905 save percentage. James Reamer, on the other hand, went 24-14-6. He had a 2.66 goals against average and a 9.14 save percentage. So eerily similar numbers. And I got a quote from Rod Brindamore here, who is the coach of the Hurricanes. This is what he had to say about the situation. You're not going to wait around on anybody too long, whether it's the goalies or a player. If you feel like their game's not there, I don't think you can wait to get them going. A guy might have a bad game, but he could still be ready, if you know what I mean. That's a different scenario. But if you feel like they're not up to speed, I don't think any coach can wait around too long. There's just not enough games. And that's absolutely true, and it's entirely possible that the Rangers see both of these goalies in the series at one time or another. I think if the Rangers do see both goalies, and that's probably a positive sign for Ranger fans because it probably means that one of them didn't play all that well. If one of them plays well right at the bat, then I don't know why they would really make a change. But yeah, if, if the Rangers can end up seeing both of these goalies, uh, it certainly bodes well for their chances in this series. And as far as who they're going to go with, I mean, he's not going to make it public just like David Quinn's not making it public with the Rangers. But I still got to believe they have to be leaning toward Peter Morazic. I don't know that for sure. I mean, you know, it's their stats are so similar this year, but Peter Morazic's the veteran. He's got more playoff experience. He's got a better overall career track record. Uh, Morazic has at least been a starter in this league at times. He's been a starter with the Red Wings. He's been a starter here with the Hurricanes. James Reamer's never really been a starter, and Peter Morazic was playing most of the games in net last season when the Hurricanes made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, he split some time with Curtis McElhenney. McElhenney, of course, no longer with the Canes. But, yeah, Mrazek, Mrazek was the guy last year for them in the playoffs. And to me, that being the situation, and again, I don't see every Carolina Hurricanes game, but to me that just sounds like a situation where it should be Mrazek's job to lose. I don't think Reamer has really done anything to take the job away from him, so I would imagine game one we're going to get Peter Mrazek in net. Uh, solid goalie, not unbeatable by any stretch. He doesn't really strike fear into your hearts, but as we've seen in the playoffs, any goalie can get hot, and certainly you know Mrazek, a guy who's at least had some experience in the playoffs, has had some success in the NHL, so it'll be interesting to see what the Hurricanes go with, but if I was a betting man, I'd probably put the money down on Peter Mrazek right now to start game one for for the Canes. The other interesting news coming from Canes camp is that Dougie Hamilton has missed the latest practice for the Hurricanes. And if you guys remember, I don't know how closely anyone follows the Hurricanes out there, but Dougie Hamilton 
last played on January 16th, a game at Columbus, and he missed the rest of the season with an injury. Now, the pause has obviously given him some time to recover. He was dealing with a fractured left fibula, and it sounds like that has healed just fine, but he was absent from practice, and, you know, per the new protocols, uh, Rod Brindamore not really able to expand on why he wasn't at practice. He just kind of expressed his wishes and his hopes that it's not going to be anything long-term, but we don't know. We don't know if this is a minor injury, a major injury that might keep him out at the start of next season, or anything having to do with illness and or COVID. Uh, we just don't know because that's the protocols that have been set forth. I, I still think it's a good thing that the NHL has done, wanting to protect player privacy as much as possible, but whenever something like this happens, we're all just kind of left scratching our heads and just kind of guessing as to what it could be. But he missed practice. Doesn't sound like he's been back since. And, uh, you know, he's obviously a great player. You know, from a hockey perspective, uh, he's an excellent two-way defenseman. This season he had 14 goals, 26 assists with the Canes, and he's not nearly as old as I thought he was. Uh, it felt like he was with the Boston Bruins for an eternity. So uh, I don't know how, but somehow he's still just 27 years old, still a, a very good player on both ends of the rink. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see if there's any updates there. But as of now, he's just not practicing, and that's all we really uh, know about it. So I, I, I don't know what else to say. You know, it's just a, a situation where, you know, information is very scarce, rightfully so, and uh, we just got to adjust on the fly and, and just kind of, uh, you know, go day by day with this whole thing. One other thing that I wanted to do here for you guys today before we wrap up is I talked about this a little bit in the intro. I'm going to play a recording here for you guys that I sent to Locked On Los Angeles Kings. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, uh, Sarah Evampato is the host of Locked On Kings. We actually did a crossover episode earlier this season when the Rangers were playing the Kings. She does a great job with that show, as she does with Locked on NHL. She's one of the rotating hosts for Locked on NHL as well. But her idea, since the Kings aren't in the playoffs, was to have the host of every Locked on team that does have a hockey team going to the playoffs send her a recording, basically just a pitch to try to get Kings fans to root for their team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I took the opportunity to do that. I sent her the audio. I'm going to play that audio for you guys right now. You guys can let me know how I did, as well as if you would even be willing to accept Kings fans into the fold here and let them cheer for the Rangers this season because we all know how the 2014 Stanley Cup finals went. It's a bittersweet memory because that team accomplished so much that season. The three games to one comeback against the Penguins and just exceeding all expectations in general. Nobody thought the Rangers were going to the Stanley Cup finals that season. So obviously a bittersweet memory having them lose to the Kings, but it was a very competitive series. And uh, yeah, without any further ado, here's the recording. Here is my pitch to Kings fans to jump on board and root for the Rangers this season. Enjoy. What is going on, Los Angeles Kings fans? This is John Chick, the host of Locked On New York Rangers. Why should you root for the New York Rangers? How can you not root for the New York Rangers? They are the youngest team in hockey. They've got two of the most exciting players in the league in Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad, and they've got a secret weapon in new goalie Igor Shesterkin. If you root for the Rangers, you would be rooting for a true underdog team that many, many hockey fans and analysts believe was dead and buried at the All-Star break. At that time, the Rangers were double-digit points out of the playoffs, but they came storming back, fighting and scratching and clawing their way back into the postseason picture. In fact, when the rest of the regular season was canceled, the Rangers were just two points out of the final playoff spot, so they really had a chance, and they very well may have made it even if the NHL did not extend the tournament to 24 teams. Additionally, as all of you are aware, the Kings defeated the Rangers in five games in the 2014 Stanley Cup Finals. 
Despite this, Ranger fans don't really hold any ill will toward the Kings, and considering it only lasted five games, that was a truly tremendous series with some absolutely fantastic hockey being played. Maybe I'm biased, but I still tell people that Rangers vs. Kings Game 5 is the greatest hockey game that I have ever seen. This despite the fact that the Kings won the cup against my team in double overtime. Seriously, go back and watch that game. You will not be able to look away. Finally, the King needs a cup, and this may very well be Henrik Lundqvist's last chance to win a Stanley Cup as a member of the New York Rangers. In the early years of the Lundqvist era, he carried the Rangers on his back, so wouldn't it be the most poetic of all storybook endings if somehow this young Ranger squad returned the favor and lifted Henrik Lundqvist to a Stanley Cup championship? Now, the Rangers, despite their late-season surge, they do still have the occasional defensive breakdown, but hey, that just makes their games all the more exciting. If you're still not convinced to root for the Rangers in the playoffs, type Pavel Buchnevich Rex Brad Marchand into the YouTube search bar and watch that video. Now, if you decide to roll with the Rangers in the playoffs this year, definitely feel free to reach out and introduce yourself and talk to me about why you're coming over to Rangertown for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm always happy to talk some hockey. Reach out and send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. you got to pull for the Rangers in the playoffs this year. They are one of the most likable teams in the league. And after all, do you really want to see a team like the Penguins or the Bruins in the Stanley Cup Finals again? Yeah, I think not. Let's go Rangers! And there you have it. And I stand by that comment. I really do think Rangers-Kings was the best, most exciting, most pulse-pounding game that I've ever watched live. I know a lot of people will point to Rangers-Devils, you know, double overtime, Matteau, Matteau, Matteau. But you got to remember, I was only seven years old when that was happening. So the memories are a little bit fuzzy. And I don't think I really grasped the magnitude of what was going on at that moment. So, yeah, for my money, give me Rangers-Kings game five, one of the best games I've ever seen. It's really unfortunate that we didn't get the, the win there. We didn't get to see Game 6 back in the Garden with screaming, rabid Ranger fans. But be that as it may, uh, that still was an excellent series. And, you know, I also stand by the fact that I don't think Ranger fans really necessarily hate the Kings or hate Kings fans. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe I'm just naive to it. But, yeah, that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. I'm still kind of mapping out the schedule for next week. It sounds like another crossover between myself and Locked On Hurricanes. Seems very likely. We'll probably have that for you guys early next week. And then the only other thing I'm going to announce right now, I'm going to get you the five episodes like we always do whenever the season is actually happening. So you'll have a five-episode week next week. And one of the episodes is going to be on Saturday after the conclusion of Rangers-Hurricanes Game 1. Uh, that game... The puck drops at noon, and so it'll be easy enough for me, once that game is over, to just record an episode, toss it up for you guys immediately. So let's go ahead and watch the Rangers take a one and nothing series lead on the Canes, and then come back here and just kind of enjoy it all together and talk about the win. Uh, that's the plan, so uh, hopefully that's how it works out. But yes, yeah, Saturday, after Game 1 against the Canes, we'll have a new episode going up for you guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.